This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moonbase Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? You hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. All right, Cool Breeze, we are back for another exciting episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe, the show in which we take a look at some of the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer through the lens of the seminal 1980s comic book guide, the Handbook of the Marvel Universe. Let me, uh, let me light that incense. Let me bang that gong. Let me, let me get ready for Union Jack. You are listening to IC Robots Radio. So kids, we are back. This is this is the main crux of the show, the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, where we use the seminal 1980s Marvel comic guide known as the Handbook of the Marvel Universe to take a in-depth look at some of the dudes who are out there that are worth looking at. And this week, we are going to take a look at a dude who is... He is known as Union Jack. He has a great costume. Bro has one of the best costumes in all of comics. It is all black. It might be a dark blue, but it's a very, very dark blue. And he has the beautiful British flag. The the Union Jack right across the front. He has a hood. He has a knife. He has a dagger. He's he's all that and then some. When I was when I was in like high school, middle high school maybe, I was I was a bit of a Britishophile. Now, it was not as bad as some people. By the degrees of some people, I was not even like a Britophile. I didn't didn't like Monty Python. I still don't really like Monty Python that much. I hate to admit it, and I, I didn't fall for all that stuff. But I did, I did think that it was cool to be British, you know? And I started, like, looking into various British superheroes. I, I thought Captain Britain was kind of cool, but he was like, he was obviously, you know, a... A second-rate Captain America, just just like Britain is a second-rate America. I was just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> Britain, you're all right. But you know, back to Captain Britain. Uh, he was cool, but he wasn't. He wasn't really what I was looking for. So I, so I kind of dug deeper into Marvel lore, and I came upon this dude. This dude who goes by the name of Union Jack. Union Jack can be found in issue number 11 of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. This one came out in November of 1983, and it goes from the letter S to the letter U, from the Subterraneans to Ursa Major. Union Jack can be found on page 29, in between Unicorn, who is surprisingly a male, and Eunice, who is... He is somebody I am not familiar with at all. 
I'm just sort of, uh, just sort of, like, glancing over here at Eunice, and he is, his occupation is listed as such, professional criminal and former wrestler. I bet you that there are, like, a million former wrestlers who are now criminals, but that's, that's just me being biased. His, his alias is Eunice the Untouchable. I guess that, um, I guess that was, like, his working name, his wrestling name. He was a flamboyant costume wrestler. We're gonna have to, uh... We're gonna have to do an episode on this chap, Eunice, one day. I wonder if it's Unis or Eunice. Who knows? Who cares? But let's get back to the, let's get back to the matter at hand. The dude who goes by the name of Union Jack. His real name is Joseph. Joey, his friends call him Joey. Chapman, he is a professional art student. That's cool, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know if this is a job. His identity is a secret, and his legal status is that of a British citizen with no criminal record. He has no, no former aliases, not like our man Eunice. He was born in Manchester, like, uh, Morrissey. He is single, just, just like our Chad Morrissey. He belongs to no groups, just like that Chad Morrissey once he left the Smiths. I'm thinking a lot of similarities here. And he operates out of England, just like, just like Morrissey used to do. I think he, I think he operates out of L.A. now. I know a lot about Morrissey and I don't, I don't know why that is. He first appeared as Union Jack 1. There's been three separate dudes who have had the mantle of Union Jack. The first Union Jack appeared in Invaders number 7. This was way back in the day. Union Jack number 2 first appeared in Invaders 20. He didn't didn't last long. And then the, the Union Jack that is around today that we all know and love, he first appeared in Captain America number 254, which was drawn by the great, the great John Byrne. Now it is, now it is time to look into the origin of this, of this great British uh, super spy, superhero type. The original Union Jack was Lord Montgomery Fallsworth. That is a foppish name if I've ever heard one. He is a British nobleman who became a secret costumed operative for Her Majesty's government during World War I. Clad in the British flag, Union Jack personified the fighting spirit of Britain, even as Captain America would symbolize America in World War II. When the war ended, Union Jack went into retirement. Union Jack briefly returned to active duty during World War II when Fallsworth's brother, John, secretly the Nazi vampire Baron Blood, began a reign of terror. Briefly allied with the invaders, Fallsworth was crippled in battle with Baron Blood. He threw a boulder upon his legs. So, I said that the dude, dude sounded a bit like a fop, and he does sound like a bit of a fop, but he's not because he's tough. He fought in World War One. That was, that was some brutal stuff we all saw, we all saw in Wonder Woman. But then a bit like a fop, he has a, uh, he has a brother who is a vampire. I can't, I can't imagine a more foppish thing than having a brother whose name is Baron Blood, and he's a vampire. And then when, then when you try to take him out, he goes and he throws a, he goes and throws a boulder on your legs. That's cold-blooded, man. Cold-blooded. <laughs> let us, uh, let us take a look at the second fool who went by the name of Union Jack. The second Union Jack was Fallsworth's son, Brian. Brian had been a prisoner of the Nazis in Hamburg, Germany in the early days of World War II when he met German biochemist Eric Schmidt. 
Schmidt had concocted a variant of the super soldier formula and wished for Fallsworth to prevent it from falling into Nazi hands. Fallsworth drank it and was immediately physically enhanced by it. Acquiring a costume, Fallsworth went into action as a behind-the-lines Nazi fighter by the name of the Destroyer. I went and I looked up this dude, the, the Destroyer, and he was an early character in the days of Marvel. This was back when the company was still known as Timely. Some people think that the Destroyer was the first ever superhero character that Stan Lee invented, and then he went on, you know, to do the Fantastic Four next. This guy, this guy is bananas looking. He has a blue face and like this red outfit with these red and black striped pants. Imagine this guy, he's sneaking around behind the enemy lines with this super duper bananas red and blue costume with the super soldier serum pumping through his veins, snapping Nazis' necks. When his sister, Jacqueline, who had become the superhumanly powered Spitfire, became captured along with the fellow invaders by Hitler in Berlin, Fallsworth led the rescue. At his father's request, he exchanged his destroyer garb for that of Union Jack. That was... That was kind of a money move. That destroyer costume is bananas, man, and it's sure to inspire inspire fear in the heart of a cowardly Nazi, but the inspirational Union Jack uniform is the way to go. Following the successful rescue of the invaders, Union Jack 2 became a member of the group. He temporarily left their ranks when they moved their operations to America. You know, he's a loyal British citizen. He's got to stay behind. He's got to, uh... Gotta protect the home island. Just like, just like how Spider-Man protects Queens, Batman protects Gotham. It's what, it's what you have to do. But he remained active through the end of the war. Brian Fallsworth died in an automobile accident in the 1950s. The third and present Union Jack is Joseph Chapman, a friend of Jacqueline Fallsworth, Crichton's son, Kenneth. Chapman met Captain America at the Fallsworth Estate outside London when Captain America investigated the activities of the resurrected Baron Blood. See? Two foppish things right there. It seemed like the foppism skipped the generation, but then it came back because this guy lives on a palatial estate and he has a vampire troubles. I imagine that these are like very British vampires. Very, very nice, very polite, but also, you know, dangerous bloodsuckers. They have, you know, like those frilly shirts and just like frilly cuffs and white hair. Imagine, imagine Tom Cruise in Interview with a Vampire. That is, that is what, what I see in my, in my heart. Where were we? In order to aid Captain America in trapping blood, Chapman donned the Union Jack costume and pretended to be the vampire's brother. That's pretty cool. They played some mind games, you know, Earlier in the tale, his uh, brother got his legs crushed by a boulder, but now they're like trying to psych him out by like, look, I'm back, look, I'm back, but he wasn't. It was all, it was all a ruse. The ruse worked, and Captain America managed to end Baron Blood's undead life forever. Chapman was awarded the Unijack costume by the heirs of Lord Fallsworth, who died of a heart attack soon after his brother's demise. That's weird. I guess when the boulder fell upon his legs, it was just... Too much of a shock for their foppish British heart, and they fell, they fell dead. Do you, do you remember? Are you familiar with the famous John Byrne drawn scene where where Captain America ended that vampire's life? He he brings the he brings the shield down upon his throat. He has him down on the ground, and he he brings it down, chopping his head off. And the whole the whole visual in red. It was very very striking and very off putting to see Cap see Cap take a life. But you technically cannot take a life from something that is undead. I, I believe so anyway. 
before we before we start looking at some comic prices, let's uh let's get the last of the particulars out of there. Union Jack is six foot one, two ten, with blue eyes and blonde hair. He sounds sounds like a dreamboat. His powers are they're not very much. Union Jack possesses no superhuman powers, but he is a superb athlete with some experience in hand to hand combat and wrestling. So he does he does have something in common with uh Eunice. His weapons are, Union Jack carries two weapons. The first is a steel dagger with a six-inch blade, which he straps to his hip. The second is a Weebly 455 caliber pistol, which he carries in a tied-down flapped holster on his right wrist. I like that. I like that a lot. He is, he's a no-nonsense dude. He has a knife, and he has a gun. He's either going to stab you, shoot you, punch you, or throw you on the ground with his wrestling. It's all, it's all rather straightforward with our boy, Union Jack. Before we head out of here, and this is, this is a short episode, but honestly, these are usually just as long as they, as long as they need to be in Union Jack, while, while looking dope as all could be, he is... He's kind of an underachiever, I would say, in in the superhero world. You would think with the support of the British government and with the support of the British people that he would he'd be on the top of the world, but he's just not. He's not uh he's not Captain Britain, he's not Captain America. He is he's Union Jack and that is that's fine. Let's see how much his first appearances go for. We're going to start with uh Union Jack number 1. Which was Invaders number seven. That came out in that came out in 1976, and you can pick up a nice copy of that for 9.99 right now with a buy it now. That's not that's not bad at all. It is also the first appearance of Baron Blood, who is not foppish looking at all. He's black and purple. He has scary wings and fangs. I don't know. Still, I'm not impressed, dude. I'm not impressed, Baron Blood. And then the second. The second Union Jack appeared in Invaders number 20, and you could pick that one up for as much as 375. That came out in 1977. And then the the final version of Jack, which is the one that is around around today somewhat. I like to think that he's having he's having adventures over in Britain. That was in Captain America 253, 1981. John Byrne created art, great stuff. You can get that for three bucks. With free shipping. Let's see if there are any sort of interesting tidbits about Union Jack that can be found over on uh, Wiki Wikipedia. He is wearing a flag on his chest while we scroll down and see what what is up. He has appeared in two Marvel films, which is which is interesting. When I say two, I really meant one. One film, one deleted scene. James Montgomery Fallsworth, who was, this was the original, the original Union Jack. He was one of the dudes who was in the Hydra Factory in Captain America, the first Avenger. He's one of the dudes who Captain America rescues, and then he later joins Captain America's Howling Commandos, but he does not use the Union Jack identity. He is just good old James Fallsworth. And then in a deleted scene, Cap can be seen going through some, uh, some dossiers after he's been revived. And you see that, uh, James Fallsworth has, uh, passed away. He's listed, he's listed as deceased. It must have been, must have been that, uh, that, uh, what do you call it? Car accident. There have been three separate Union Jack action figures that I can find. He had a Target exclusive, 
Target-exclusive Marvel Legend in 2008. It's a nice-looking figure. He has the dagger. He has the gun. I might... I might cop this one. You can get one with all the accessories for like $17.99 completely, completely shipped. And he also had a Minimate. This was a Toys R Us exclusive Minimate. I have this. You can grab that guy for just over 12 bucks. And then there was a Marvel Universe Union Jack. That's like the Marvel Legends, but they're on a smaller scale. You can pick that one up in the package from like 13 bucks or... Loose for $5.99. There was also a Toy Fair exclusive action figure of Union Jack. And that's $9.50 with free shipping. That was that was a Toy Biz. I actually like that. These are the ones that don't have a lot of articulation. They're kind of kind of rough around the edges. I might I might cop this. I think uh let's see, $9.50 free shipping. I'm in. I bought it. So what are you gonna do, man? Union Jack is cool, I think. I I appreciate him. Let's while we're just having fun, let's take a look at what the first appearance of the Destroyer, that other identity of Union Jack, that is Mystic Comics number 8. It came out in 1940, and if you want to get that right now, you can hop over to uh, eBay, the world's biggest marketplace, and get it for $10,733, but it is graded, it is graded 8.5. That's a, that's a plenty nice comic book, man, really Really good stuff. I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna cock that too. Let me let me buy that. Click click click. It, it will. I'm just kidding. It was only a dream. So that's it, man. That's everything you would ever want to know about this this mid carter that goes by the name of Union Jack. So let me um let me reach over here. Let me uh, grab the controls, power down the station, and until we meet next time, make my marvel. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.